Section 10 of The Wound Dresser by Walt Whitman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters of 1862 to 3 continued. 21. Washington, September 1st, 1863. Dear Mother, I have been thinking today and all yesterday about the draft in Brooklyn and whether Jeff would be drafted. You must some of you write me just as soon as you get this. I want to know. I feel anxious enough, I can tell you. And besides, it seems a good while since I have received any letters from home. Of course it is impossible for Jeff to go in case it should turn out he was drafted. The way our family is all situated now, it would be madness. If the common council raise the money to exempt men with families dependent on them, I think Jeff ought to have no scruples in taking advantage of it as I think he is in duty bound, but we will see what course to take when we know the result, etc. Write about it right away. The eagles came. This is the second time. I am glad to get them. Jeff, wait till you get four or five, and then send them with a two-cent stamp. I have not had any letter from George. Mother, have you heard anything? Did the money come? Dear Mother, how are you nowadays? I do hope you feel well and in good spirits. I think about you every day of my life out here. Sometimes I see women in the hospitals, mothers come to see their sons, and occasionally one that makes me think of my dear mother. One did very much, a lady about sixty from Pennsylvania come to see her son, a captain, very badly wounded and his wound gangrened, and they after a while removed him to a tent by himself another son of hers a young man came with her to see his brother she was a pretty full-sized lady with spectacles she dressed in black looked real velsery i got very well acquainted with her she had a real long island old-fashioned way but i had to avoid the poor captain as it was that time that my hand was cut in the artery and i was liable to gangrene myself but she and the two sons have gone home now but I doubt whether the wounded one is alive, as he was very low. Mother, I want to hear about Andrew, too, whether he went to Rockland Lake. You have no idea how many soldiers there are who have lost their voices and have to speak in whispers. There are a great many. I meet some almost every day. As far as that alone is concerned, Andrew must not be discouraged, as the general health may be good as common, irrespective of that. I do hope Andrew will get along better than he thinks for. It is bad enough for a poor man to be out of health even partially, but he must try to look on the bright side. Mother, have you heard anything from Han since or from Mary's folks? I got a letter from Mrs. Price last week. If you see Emma, tell her I was pleased to get it and shall answer it very soon. Mother, I have sent another letter to the New York Times. It may appear, if not today, within a few days. I am feeling excellent well these days. It is so moderate and pleasant weather now. I was getting real exhausted with the heat. I thought of you, too, how it must have exhausted you those hot days. I still occupy the same third-story room, 394 L Street, and get my breakfast in my room in the morning myself, and dinner at a restaurant about three o'clock. I get along very well and very economical, which is a forced put, but just as well. But I must get another room or a boarding-house soon, as the folks are all going to move this month. 
my good and real friends the o'connors live in the same block i am in there every day dear mother tell matt and miss manahatta i send them my love i want to see them both oh how i want to see jeff and you mother i sometimes feel as if i should just get in the cars and come home and the baby too you must always write about her dear mother good-bye for the present Whoa. twenty two washington september eighth eighteen sixty three tuesday morning dearest mother i wrote to jeff sunday last that his letter sent september third containing your letter and five dollars from mr lane had miscarried this morning when i came down to major hapgood's office i found it on my table so it is all right singular where it has been all this while as i see the postmark on it is brooklyn september third as jeff said mother what to do about andrew i hardly know as it is i feel about as much pity for you as i do for my poor brother andrew for i know you will worry yourself about him all the time i was in hopes it was only the trouble about the voice etc but i see i was mistaken and it is probably worse i know you and jeff and matt will do all you can and will have patience with all it is not only the sick who are poorly off but their friends but it is best to have the greatest forbearance and do and give etc whatever one can but you know that and practice it too dear mother mother if i had the means oh how cheerfully i would give them whether they availed anything for andrew or not yet i have long made up my mind that money does not amount to so much at least not so very much in serious cases of sickness it is judgment both in the person himself and in those he has to do with and good heart in everything mother you remember theodore gould how he stuck it out though sickness and death has had hold of him as you may say for fifteen years but anyhow i hope we will all do what we can for andrew mother i think i must try to come home for a month i have not given up my project of lecturing i spoke about before but shall put it in practice yet i feel clear it will succeed enough i wish i had some of the money already it would be satisfaction to me to contribute something to andrew's necessities for he must have bread i will write to you of course before i come mother i hope you will live better jeff tells me you and jess and ed live on poor stuff you are so economical mother you mustn't do so as long as you have a cent i hope you will at least four or five times a week have a steak of beef or mutton or something substantial for dinner i have one good meal of that kind every day or at least five or six days out of the seven but for breakfast i have nothing but a cup of tea and some bread or crackers first-rate tea though with milk and good white sugar well i find it is hearty enough more than half the time i never eat anything after dinner and when i do it is only a cracker and cup of tea mother i hope you will not stint yourselves as to using george's money for your and jess's and ed's needful living expenses i know george would be mad and hurt in his feelings if he thought you was afraid to mother you have a comfortable time as much as you can and get a steak occasionally won't you i suppose matt got her letter last saturday i sent it friday oh i was so pleased that jeff was not drawn and i know how matt must have felt too i have no idea the government will try to draft again whatever happens 
They have carried their point, but have not made much out of it. Oh, how the conscripts and substitutes are deserting down in front and on their way there. You don't hear anything about it, but it is incredible. They don't allow it to get in the papers. Mother, I was so glad to get your letter. You must write again. Can't you write tomorrow so I can get it Friday or Saturday? You know, though you wrote more than a week ago, I did not get it till this morning. I wish Jeff to write, too, as often as he can. Mother, I was gratified to hear you went up among the soldiers. They are rude in appearance, but they know what is decent, and it pleases them much to have folks, even old women, take an interest and come among them. Mother, you must go again and take Matt. Well, dear mother, I must close. I am first-rate in health, so much better than a month and two months ago. My hand has entirely healed. I go to hospital every day or night. I believe no men ever loved each other as I and some of these poor, wounded, sick, and dying men love each other. Goodbye, dearest mother, for present. Walt. Tuesday afternoon. Mother, it seems to be certain that Meade has gained the day and that the battles there in Pennsylvania have been about as terrible as any in the war. I think the killed and wounded there on both sides were as many as eighteen or twenty thousand. In one place, four or five acres, there were a thousand dead at daybreak on Saturday morning. Mother, one's heart grows sick of war, after all, when you see what it really is. Every once in a while I feel so horrified and disgusted, it seems to me like a great slaughterhouse and the men mutually butchering each other. Then I feel how impossible it appears again to retire from this contest until we have carried our points. It is cruel to be so tossed from pillar to post in one's judgment. Washington is a pleasant place in some respects. It has the finest trees, and plenty of them, everywhere on the streets and grounds. The capital grounds, though small, have the finest cultivated trees I ever see. There is a great variety, and not one but is in perfect condition. After I finish this letter, I am going out there for an hour's recreation. The great sights of Washington are the public buildings, the wide streets, the public grounds, the trees, the Smithsonian Institute and grounds. I go to the latter occasionally. The Institute is an old fogey concern, but the grounds are fine. Sometimes I go up to Georgetown, about two and a half miles up the Potomac, an old town just opposite in the river is an island where the niggers have their first Washington regiment encamped. They make a good show are often seen in the streets of Washington in squads. Since they have begun to carry arms, the secesh here and in Georgetown, about three-fifths, are not insulting to them as formerly. One of the things here always on the go is long trains of army wagons. Sometimes they will stream along all day. It almost seems as if there was nothing else but army wagons and ambulances. They have great camps here in every direction, of army wagons, teamsters, ambulance camps, etc. Some of them are permanent and have small hospitals. I go to them. As no one else goes, ladies would not venture. I sometimes have the luck to give some of the drivers a great deal of comfort and help. Indeed, mother, there are camps here of everything. I went once or twice to the contraband camp, to the hospital, etc., but I could not bring myself to go again. 
when i meet black men or boys among my own hospitals i use them kindly give them something etc i believe i told you that i do the same to the wounded rebels too but as there is a limit to one's sinews and endurance and sympathies etc i have got in the way after going lightly as it were all through the wards of a hospital and trying to give a word of cheer if nothing else to every one then confining my special attentions to the few where the investment seems to tell best and who want it most mother i have a real pride in telling you that i have the consciousness of saving quite a number of lives by saving them from giving up and being a good deal with them the men say it is so and the doctors say it is so and i will candidly confess i can see it is true though i say it of myself i know you will like to hear it mother so i tell you i am finishing this in major hapgood's office about one o'clock it is pretty warm but has not cleared off yet the trees look so well from where i am and the potomac it is a noble river i see it several miles and the arlington heights mother i see some of the forty seventh brooklyn every day or two the regiment is on the heights back of arlington house a fine campground oh maddie i have just thought of you dear sister how are you getting along jeff i will write you truly good-bye for the present dearest mother and all walt twenty three washington september fifteenth eighteen sixty three dear mother your letters were very acceptable one came just as i was putting my last in the post office i guess they all come right i have written to han and george and sent george papers mother have you heard anything whether the fifty-first went on with burnside or did they remain as a reserve in kentucky burnside has managed splendidly so far his taking knoxville and all together it is a first-class success i have known tennessee union men here in hospital and i understand it therefore the region where knoxville is is mainly union but the southerners could not exist without it as it is in their midst so they determined to pound and kill and crush out the unionists all the savage and monstrous things printed in the papers about their treatment are true at least that kind of thing is as bad as the irish and the mob treated the poor niggers in new york we north don't understand some things about southerners it is very strange the contrast if i should pick out the most genuine union men and real patriots i have ever met in all my experience i should pick out two or three tennessee and virginia unionists i have met in the hospitals wounded or sick one young man i guess i have mentioned to you in my letters john barker second tennessee volunteers union was a long while a prisoner in secesh prisons in georgia and in richmond three times the devils hung him up by the heels to make him promise to give up his unionism once he was cut down for dead he is a young married man with one child his little property destroyed his wife and child turned out he hunted and tormented and any moment he could have had anything if he would join the confederacy but he was firm as a rock he would not even take an oath to not fight for either side they held him about eight months then he was very sick scurvy and they exchanged him and he came up from richmond here to hospital here i got acquainted with him he is a large slow good-natured man somehow made me often think of father shrewd 
very little to say, wouldn't talk to anybody but me. His whole thought was to get back and fight. He was not fit to go, but he has gone back to Tennessee. He spent two days with his wife and young one there, and then to his regiment. He writes to me frequently, and I to him. He is not fit to soldier, for the rebels have destroyed his health and strength, though he is only twenty-three or four, but nothing will keep him from his regiment and fighting. He is uneducated, but as sensible a young man as I ever met, and understands the whole question. Well, mother, Jack Barker is the most genuine Union man I have ever yet met. I asked him once, very gravely, why he didn't take the Southern Oath and get his liberty, if he didn't think he was too foolish to be so stiff, etc. I never saw such a look as he gave me. He thought I was in earnest. The old devil himself couldn't have put a worse look in his eyes. Mother, I have no doubt there are quite a good many just such men. He is down there with his regiment. One of his brothers was killed. When he fails in strength, he gets the colonel to detach him to do teamster's duty for a few days, on a march till he recruits his strength, but he always carries his gun with him. In a battle he is always in the ranks. Then he is so sensible, such decent, manly ways, nothing shallow or mean. He must have been a giant in health, but now he is weaker, has a cough, too. Mother, can you wonder at my getting so attached to such men with such love, especially when they show it to me? Some of them on their dying beds and in the very hour of death, or just the same when they recover or partially recover? I never knew what American young men were till I have been in the hospitals. Well, mother, I have got writing on. There is nothing new with me, just the same old thing, as I suppose it is with you there. Mother, how is Andrew? I wish to hear all about him. I do hope he is better, and that it will not prove anything so bad. I will write to him soon myself, but in the meantime you must tell him to not put so much faith in medicine, drugs I mean, as in the true curative things, namely diet and careful habits, breathing good air, etc. You know I wrote in a former letter what is the cause and foundation of the diseases of the throat, and what must be the remedy that goes to the bottom of the thing. Sudden attacks are to be treated with applications and medicines, but diseases of a seated character are not to be cured by them, only perhaps a little relieved, and often aggravated, made firmer. Dearest Mother, I hope you yourself are well and getting along good. About the letter in the Times, I see ever since I sent they have been very crowded with news that must be printed. I think they will give it yet. I hear there's a new paper in Brooklyn, or to be one. I wish Jeff would send me some of the first numbers without fail, and a stray eagle in same parcel to make up the four ounces. I am glad to hear Matt was going to write me a good long letter. Every letter from home is so good when one is away. I often see the men crying in the hospital when they get a letter. Jeff, too. I want him to write whenever he can and not forget the new paper. We are having pleasant weather here. It is such a relief from that awful heat. I can't think of another such siege without feeling sick at the thought. Mother, I believe I told you I had written to Mrs. Price. Do you see Emma? Are the soldiers still on Fort Greene? Well, Mother, I have writ quite a letter. It is between two and three o'clock. I am in Major Hapgood's all alone. 
From my window I see all the Potomac and all around Washington. Major and all gone down to the army to pay troops, and I keep house. I am invited to dinner today at four o'clock at a Mr. Boyle's. I am going. Hope we shall have something good. Dear Mother, I send you my love, and some to Jeff and Matt and all, not forgetting Manahatta, who I hope is a help and a comfort to her grandmother. Well, I must scratch off in a hurry, for it is nearly an hour later than I thought. Goodbye for the present, dear Mother. Whoa. 24. Washington, September twenty ninth, 1863. Dear Mother, well, here I sit this forenoon in a corner by the window in Major Hapgood's office, all the Potomac and Maryland and Virginia Hills in sight, writing my Tuesday letter to you, dearest Mother. Major has gone home to Boston on sick leave, and only the clerk and me occupy the office, and he not much of the time. At the present moment there are two wounded officers come in to get their pay. One has crutches, the other is dressed in the light blue uniform of the Invalid Corps. Way up here on the fifth floor it is pretty hard scratching for cripples, and very weak men, to journey up here. Often they come up here very weary and faint, and then find out they can't get their money, some red tape hitch, and the poor soldiers look so disappointed. It always makes me feel bad. Mother, we are having perfect weather here nowadays, both night and day. The nights are wonderful. For the last three nights, as I have walked home from the hospital pretty late, it has seemed to me like a dream, the moon and sky ahead of anything I ever see before. Mother, do you hear anything from George? I wrote to him yesterday and sent him your last letter, and Jeff's enclosed. I shall send him some papers today. I send him papers quite often. Why hasn't Jeff sent me the union with my letter in? I want much to see it, and whether they have misprinted it. Mother, I don't think the 51st has been in any of the fighting we know of down there yet. What is to come, of course, nobody can tell. As to Burnside, I suppose you know he is among his friends, and I think this quite important, for such the main body of East Tennesseans are, and are far truer Americans anyhow than the Copperheads of the North. The Tennesseans will fight for us too. Mother, you have no idea how the soldiers, sick, etc., I mean the American ones, to a man, all feel about the Copperheads. They never speak of them without a curse, and I hear them say, with an air that shows they mean it, they would shoot them sooner than they would a rebel. Mother, the troops from Meade's army are passing through here night and day, going west, and so down to reinforce Rosecrans, I suppose. The papers are not permitted to mention it, but it is so. Two army corps, I should think, have mostly passed. They go through night and day. I hear the whistle of the locomotive screaming away any time at night when I wake up, and the rumbling of the trains. Mother dear, you must write to me soon, and so must Jeff. I thought Matt was going to send me a great long letter. I am always looking for it. I hope it will be full of everything about family matters and doings and how everybody really is. I go to Major's box three or four times a day. I want to hear also about Andrew, and indeed about every one of you and everything. Nothing is too trifling, nothing uninteresting. Oh, mother, who do you think I got a letter from two or three days ago? Aunt Fanny, Ansel's mother. 
she sent it by a young man a wounded soldier who has been home to farmingdale on furlough and lately returned she writes a first-rate letter quaker all over i shall answer it she says mary and ansel and all are well i have received another letter from mrs price she has not good health i am sorry for her from my heart she is a good noble woman no better kind mother i am in the hospitals as usual i stand it better the last three weeks than ever before i go among the worst fevers and wounds with impunity i go among the smallpox etc just the same i feel to go without apprehension and so i go nobody else goes and as the darkey said there at charleston when the boat run on a flat and the reb sharpshooters were peppering them somebody must jump in de water and shove de boat off walt twenty five washington october sixth eighteen sixty three dearest mother your letter and george's came safe dear brother george one don't more than get a letter from him before you want to hear again especially as things are looking pretty stormy that way but mother i rather lean to the opinion that the fifty-first is still in kentucky at or near where george last wrote but of course that is only my guess i send george papers and occasionally letters mother i sent him enclosed your letter before the last though you said in it not to tell him how much money he had home as you wanted to surprise him but i sent it mother i think rosecrans and burnside will be too much for the rebels down there yet i myself make a great account of burnside being in the midst of friends and such friends too they will fight and fight up to the handle and kill somebody it seems as if it was coming to that pass where we will either have to destroy or be destroyed mother i wish you would write soon after you get this or jeff or matt must and tell me about andrew if there is anything different with him i think about him every day and night i believe i must come home even if it is only for a week i want to see you all very much mother i know you must have a great deal to harass and trouble you i don't mean about andrew personally for i know you would feel to give your life to save his and do anything to nourish him but about the children and nancy but mother you must not let anything chafe you and you must not be squeamish about saying firmly at times not to have little georgie too much to trouble you poor little fellow i have no doubt he will be a pleasanter child when he grows older and while you are pleasant with nancy you must be sufficiently plain with her only mother i know you will and jeff and matt will too be invariably good to andrew and not mind his being irritable at times it is his disease and then his temper is naturally fretful but it is such a misfortune to have such sickness and always do anything for him that you can in reason matt my dear sister i know you will for i know your nature is to come out a first-class girl in times of trouble and sickness and do anything mother you don't know how pleased i was to read what you wrote about little sis i want to see her so bad i don't know what to do i know she must be just the best young one on long island but i hope it will not be understood as meaning any slight or disrespect to miss hat nor to put her nose out of joint because uncle walt i hope has heart and gizzard big enough for both his little nieces and as many more as the lord may send mother i am writing this in major hapgood's office as usual 
I am all alone today. Major is still absent, unwell, and the clerk is away somewhere. Oh, how pleasant it is here, the weather, I mean, and other things, too, for that matter. I still occupy my little room, 394 L Street, get my own breakfast there. Had good tea this morning and some nice biscuit. Yesterday morning and day before had peaches cut up. My friends the O'Connors that I wrote about recommenced cooking the first of this month. They have been, as usual in summer, taking their meals at a family hotel nearby. Saturday they sent for me to breakfast, and Sunday I ate dinner with them. Very good dinner, roast beef, lima beans, good potatoes, etc. They are truly friends to me. I still get my dinner at a restaurant, usually. I have a very good plain dinner, which is the only meal of any account I make during the day. But it is just as well, for I would be in danger of getting fat on the least encouragement, and I have no ambition that way. Mother, it is lucky I like Washington in many respects, and that things are upon the whole pleasant personally, for every day of my life I see enough to make one's heart ache with sympathy and anguish here in the hospitals, and I do not know as I could stand it if it was not counterbalanced outside. It is curious, when I am present at the most appalling things, deaths, operations, sickening wounds perhaps full of maggots, I do not fail, although my sympathies are very much excited, but keep singularly cool. But, Often hours afterward, perhaps when I am home or out walking alone, I feel sick and actually tremble when I recall the thing and have it in my mind again before me. Mother, did you see my letter in the New York Times of Sunday, October 4th? That was the long-delayed letter. Mother, I am very sorry Jeff did not send me the Union with my letter in. I wish very much he could do so yet and always when I have a letter in a paper I would like to have one sent. If you take the Union, send me some once in a while. Mother, was it Will Brown sent me those? Tell him, if so, I was much obliged, and if he or Mr. and Mrs. Brown take any interest in hearing my scribblings, Mother, you let them read the letters, of course. Oh, I must not close without telling you the highly important intelligence that I have cut my hair and beard, since the event rosecrans charleston etc etc have among my acquaintances been hardly mentioned being insignificant themes in comparison jeff my dearest brother i have been going to write you a good gossipy letter for two or three weeks past will try to yet so it will reach you for sunday reading so good-bye jeff and good-bye for present mother dear and all and tell andrew he must not be discouraged yet Walt. End of letters of eighteen sixty two to three twenty one through twenty five.